0: Notes of black cherry. Hints of jam. A distinctly robust glass of... Cabernet Sauvignon.
1: Okie, okay. Full body, A dash of plum, but that's to be expected of a... T-
0: Tempranillo from Chile.
1: This is so great. We used to drink way too much beer. I'm glad we're
2: responsible now and drink too much wine instead.
0: After all those years of pounding brews, I knew I had to do something healthy, like pound wine. <laughs>
3: to have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink <laughs> i'm Brittany lee walker
0: i'm justin Fraser.
4: i'm christopher walker and i'm casey price
3: everything's different in this episode okay uh <laughs> yes
4: credit where credit is due uh your cold open was from college humor's date night hot date hot date i keep
3: date. wanting That's to say date <laughs> night yeah. and it's hot date. it's hot date and they did a whole date funny, line.
4: whole funny bit on wine so we yeah. stole it from that and the New intro music for this was just a clip from the Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band. Two bottles Ooh. of wine. Seemed Two
3: bottles of wine. Two bottles of wine. I mean, we had the vodka song that we had to do for the vodka episode, and we had, you know, rum. So really, we're trying to cover our bases here.
0: Tell me that we had a we had a we had a whiskey song, we had a vodka song, we had a <laughs> song to remind us of the good times, and a song to remind us of the bad times.
4: Yes. Indeed. Which is any of these? Oh, Danny Boy. <laughs> Danny boy. Danny boy.
0: <laughs> all right, okay. let's stop seeing Tub Thumper and uh, let's <laughs> let's uh, talk about how we, how we've all been.
3: Yeah, well, it's been weird getting used to drinking wine for this episode. That's that's how I've been right now. <laughs> getting, getting used to. <laughs> well, we so we use the wine to cook with as well. So we're just it's just been a wine day.
0: <laughs> I haven't opened this bottle until today. I'm, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You're welcome. Yeah. All right, so what's everybody been up to?
0: Um, getting really drunk while trying to DM a game.
4: Sure. I mean,
0: that seems fair uh, No, I had our a, a, usual game night, and when I was out shopping for wine, which Casey did suggest something because I honestly had no idea. I would have came in here with a bag of wine.
4: <laughs> you should have <laughs> done that. Not much r-
1: yeah,
2: well, <laughs> we'll get into that in the main episode, but yes.
0: Uh, no, I, I'm not saying like, I, I would have thought it was bad or anything, but I was like, I, li- I, I can't have that much. I need something cheap, and that I won't feel bad about throwing away. Mm. Um, but the but while I was there at my my local liquor store, hoping the people I knew there didn't see me, I <laughs> have a certain reputation to uphold, and buying wine is not on that reputation. Mm. Um, I found uh, on my way out, you know, like the little little. Um, uh, uh, impulse buys, you might find.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, theirs, just before you get to that section, they have like, oh, here's your last chance to pick up some special release beers. They may have had some of the uh, the Imperial Malt barrel-aged malt liquor from Founders. <laughs> oh, God. So I picked some of that up. I picked up, uh, and then I brought it with an assortment of like a create-your-own six-pack I had. Uh, took it to my game night. And it's like, all right, guys. I have this. This is all like I don't know how this is, but in case it's god awful, I brought some KBS to make you feel better. <laughs> uh, and I, I went through a whole lot, uh, but it it was an, you know what? It honestly, it wasn't bad. The general assessment of the, uh, the bourbon barrel malt liquor was, I mean, it's not bad for malt liquor.
4: <laughs> it's it, <laughs> it's <about> no, right. <laughs> no. You are leading people on to purchase that. It is god awful.
0: Look, I'm not saying I'd buy it all the time. I was expecting much worse.
1: Hmm.
4: So happy I didn't.
1: Um, You should be. Don't worry, end
4: of the year, you'll get to have some.
0: (laughs) I'm not saying it's off. I'm not saying, like, I'll, you know, if someone put it in my hand, I would not drink it again. I mean, all right, sure, fine. Uh, But I was really glad I had some KBS after that. Hmm. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that that's that's been my time. Uh, how have you guys been?
3: Well, somebody got drunk yesterday.
4: Yeah, unintentionally. Uh, so in Cincinnati, we had the rebranding launch of or relaunch of Listerman Brewing Company. Uh, new, new image. It, it's just kind of a more simplified refresh. Uh, new can art looks a lot better.
0: And they've got. Yeah, you know the, who, uh... you know who should do something like that? Who? Heavy Seas. Yes, they yeah. should. <laughs>
3: Uh, Listerman also put the Brewers Association um, mm-hmm. label thing on theirs, so yes, the like indep- the new cans oh, have the it. The
4: independent logo, it's yeah. on all their stuff now. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I got a little out of control in the line and got a little blackout drunk. Um, <laughs> doesn't doesn't happen often. Just a little bit. Don't know. Yeah, uh, this it blacks <laughs> out for about twenty minutes, so I know I didn't get into anything. No. two out there no you don't know I mean, you Isn't don't how know how much trouble
0: you can get into in 20 minutes
2: <laughs> you could be arrested in 20 minutes
4: <laughs> mm. well apparently I acted, I acted accordingly because I was standing in line to get the beer and drinking plenty of beer and then everything goes dark and then everything comes back up and I'm sitting at a high top uh, pub table with my beers in front of me a beer poured for me and I'm just like you know what I think I'm done. <laughs>
0: see uh blackout drunk for me is never things go dark it's just the scene changes <laughs> to the next morning it's 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 more <laughs> like one of those uh, uh uh star wars you know 30s wipes like you know like Uh-oh. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah
0: just but, wipes one scene to the next that's, that's what it's like when i get blackout <laughs> drunk
3: <laughs> it's a powerpoint transition
4: yeah you know I, I just i don't know i just was like yeah i'm done went out to the car called Brittany, and i was like yeah you're gonna have to come and get me uh this isn't good. I'm in a bad way. <laughs> oh,
0: so Brittany wasn't there.
2: No. No. no.
4: Oh, I so this in. makes the story
2: even better
0: than what I was thinking. <laughs> now you're realizing there's there's even more ways you could get in trouble. Because and... well, you don't know what could have happened in those 20 minutes.
4: I had a you friend You just know what happened me. before it and say... what was
0: happening
2: after. There's a lot of stories we could write in between.
3: Because would he have allowed other women to get near you?
4: There are no other women at these cut them. <laughs> I could have cut them. He, he just said in a text later, he's like, yeah, you didn't seem like you were doing the best. And I was like, no, no, I needed food, and their kitchen was closed, and it's usually open <sighs> for those What day of, of the things. week
0: was this? Saturday.
4: Saturday. So Saturday? Saturday morning.
0: A- yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I'm looking right now at Saturday morning, and you were blackout?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. There is one tweet yeah, that- uh, and post from me, and it was a check-in to the beer we were there to buy. And there's, like, an added word in there. And I'm like, all right, otherwise it's okay. I, I, I don't know. Like, the so cans I'm... for the beer are, like, all artfully placed. You can see the new label and the art on them. And I'm like, I guess I, I was just in my normal. All right, got to get this check-in right.
0: I knew probably I can't even check-in today.
3: <laughs> I knew I'd probably be leaving soon because I, I got um, the same message from him three times. But it was him trying help? to say, I'm drunk as shit. But it didn't really look like
2: that.
0: I'm like picturing like three texts of him trying to say I'm drunk, uh, like saying I'm drunk, and it's basically just send tacos. No.
2: <laughs> well, that's true.
4: <laughs> but it was uh, just like, send pizza. No, still,
0: I am hungry. Send more things. Shit.
4: <laughs> no, it ended up being tacos were the were the key. Uh, she came and got me. I threw up, uh, passed out on the couch for two hours. Woke up and was like, let's get some lunch. And we got Taco mm. Bell. I had Taco Bell. I was fine. Went back, got the car. Taco Bell, uh, of whom has Negative. Gatorade. We'll now.
0: make a positive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taco Bell and Hangover. No, they
4: together. know what they're doing. Like she was trying to say, it's they now have G2, like the Gatorade. G- yeah. They have it in, so they know. You're coming there drunk and hungover. Probably you need to get some, yeah. yeah. They're like, you need to get some Gatorade in you. <laughs> it's it's now it's in our fountain machine.
0: I mean, could, couldn't they get something other than G2, though? Well. How about G Classic? G classic.
3: Yeah, I I was like, you know, it's it's got less sugar, so it's not going to taste as good. But at the same time, it may be for the best right now. <laughs> but yeah, that was it's got that what was plants, our
0: It's got what drunks crave.
3: It does, and fruit punch.
4: So yeah, that was me. Hopefully, I didn't make too big of an ass out of myself during that twenty to thirty minutes, possibly. But mm. not to not to get
2: on a tangent, but the. Renegade Grill menu that I'm looking at online at Listerman, yeah, has some amazing wing flavors.
1: Oh
4: yeah, you don't even They're know wings. honey <laughs> so, wasabi. When they are open in the morning, so they do uh chicken and waffle wings, and they put syrup on the wings <laughs> oh, with some hot God. sauce. Yeah, with hot sauce. It's so oh, good, yeah. you
3: guys. Like no, that the, there was a food truck before, and then they got the kitchen in Listerman, and it, it, the their wings are fantastic.
2: I don't know, like, is it just me, or I would much rather go to a brewery that has food, like a full menu, than a brewery that pulls in food trucks. I know, yeah.
3: I wish Braxton had Generally, food.
4: So you have guaranteed food that's going to be there, and yeah. you're not going to show up and go, oh god, I wonder if there's even going to be food here tonight. Or have to get tonight. pizza
3: delivered or something.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Casey, anything cool happen with you? Uh, we Well,
4: I, we can get
2: into it a little bit later on. Um, oh. Down in the news section, we'll talk a little bit.
0: Oh, okay. All right. okay. I, th- I think. No, I'm going to be completely <laughs> quiet during the news section.
4: <laughs> you should be. You have nothing to say about it. I have all the says, all the feels. <laughs> okay, we're we good. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can go on with announcements. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Not going to do announcements?
3: What? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that, that, that works. It's fine. Um, just going to say the next couple of episodes. Um, so, the next video episode. Um, will be Sunday, August 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern on DiamondClub.tv. And we're going to be covering the Flying Dog Hot Box Pack. That's the pack part of their heat series. Um,
0: mm-hmm. the next... that's, to catch us, that's to catch us live. You can always catch up yes. after the fact at uh, YouTube.
3: It will be up on YouTube. Um, okay. Generally by the next day. Uh, the next audio episode is going to be posted around August 21st. And that will cover alternatives.
2: Let me let me go ahead and put this out there and you can cut this in post if you don't want this. (laughs) Because we didn't talk about it beforehand. But um if anyone out there does have ideas about other than the tasting packs for video episodes, you know, send us a line. Let us know what what you would like to see in video episodes maybe. If if you know you want to see something different than us just
0: tasting packs.
2: We're we're, we're
0: experimenting with the format soon, but I'd yeah. love to see some some yeah. more ideas.
3: I'd, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. And then we at some point we wanted to do like listener suggestions anyway for for stuff to drink, so that that mm-hmm. might work out anyway. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. Cool. Um, well, since we already played the clip. Hey,
0: news. <laughs> I mean, that was news. That was show news. That was, now yeah. it's time for news news. a form of news.
4: Indeed.
2: The only news that
4: matters. <laughs> and because of our scheduling, we rarely get to bring you news pretty much as it's just been announced and happened. And this time we get to
1: uh,
4: announced San Francisco's Anchor Brewing acquired by Sapporo.
1: Ooh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone through all the stages of grief on this one this week. <laughs> like, all the way around to Acceptance uh anchor June, brewing.
0: <laughs> how much what, what was the bargaining stage like
4: <laughs> I, in my head i'm like who would i've rather seen sell out oh, i mean because yeah. anchor was like so close to my heart and it's like i'd rather have seen like wrote would i've rather seen founders go I was like, no. Oh, no no <laughs> no 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 no
0: i mean what i'd rather see is is them to stay around forever yes live yes. like some sort of beer god kings of <laughs> california
4: Yes. Uh, Anchor Brewing, San Francisco's beloved 121-year-old brewery and creator of the city's most famous beer, is being sold to Japan's Sapporo Holdings Limited in a landmark deal. Uh, By the way, you all can check out our full uh, audio episode we did on Anchor, actually. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
4: If you want to know a lot about the history, this is not their first time being sold uh, according you know, it's
0: also weird that, it, for some reason, like we've done a whole episode on them, when you say 121-year-old brewery,
4: yeah. it really sure. puts
0: in perspective. There's
4: only okay, one so other... Okay, it,
2: it says they're 121. I will... Like they, they were 121 years old, but their craft beer roots, the right. good beer that they've been making, has only been maybe 30 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Years well, yeah, they're... Yeah.
4: The, first, the first while, uh, the first few decades of their brewing history... If you go back to that episode, it's not good. No, 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 it's not good. (laughs) But yeah, um, according to Keith Greger, Anchor's president and CEO, the move was a year in the making and the result of speaking with many, many larger breweries all over the world to find the right fit. So apparently they've been seeking a buyer for a while.
2: This may be against my traditional rhetoric, but... I'm not as upset on this one as I would be about some of the other brewery buyouts. Yeah, that's
3: we'll, where
4: I was at. We'll get to that in just a second, but that's a lot of the discussion that's come up and that we had in this house <laughs> after this news broke. Uh, Anchor Brewing Company is considered the leading pioneer of the craft beer movement and is credited with reviving and modernizing some of today's most popular American beer styles. The price of the deal was not disclosed. Anchor Distilling, which produces spirits such as juniper... Junipero Gin and Old Portero Whiskey. Portero is not involved in the deal and will become a separate company. So they sold off only the brewing portion, kept the spirits. Hmm. The news comes as the latest in a line of high-profile craft beer, uh, craft breweries purchased by larger beverage companies, following in the footsteps of Heineken's acquisition of Lagunitas and. Cons- I can never get into that. Constellations. Constellations. Constellations 25- For some reason, I want to add emphasis really strange in that one. <laughs> uh, the 2015 takeover of Ballast Point and AB InBev's purchase of Goose Island and... Wi- wait. <laughs> Goose Island was forever ago.
0: You can't- okay, first of all, you're already going back two years just to talk about Ballast Point. Yeah. Like, they're saying they're following the footsteps, not Hot on the Heels.
4: <laughs> hot on the <laughs> Heels, yeah, Lagunitas, Uh and Wicked Weed, among many others. Yet Anchor representatives said its beer would continue to be brewed at the Portrero Hill headquarters and there would be no changes to its beer recipes. Additionally, Anchor will open a new public tap room on Dehero Street across the street from its current brewery. When you take a brand like Anchor, its very soul exists in the heart of San Francisco, Gregor said. Of all the people we spoke to, Sapporo respected Anchor the most what it stood for and the importance of its connection with San Francisco. So that I feel statement... like
0: Sapporo is just the only one that didn't come in and go, "Look, Anchor Brewing, it's a San Francisco treat." <laughs>
4: <sighs> yeah, like I feel like they're the only ones that didn't do it. So that,
0: okay, fine, you get the bias.
4: Okay, then the article uh, goes off into a bit of just the history, but the closing uh, quote here was one thing that really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and it's really still, I think, the only thing that rubs me in a negative fashion about the whole thing. Uh, Anchor has been making, this is the quote from Anchor, Anchor has been making handcrafted beer since long before craft was coined, Gregor said. I would argue Anchor's beer is more handcrafted than any of the craft beer out there today. However, while it might not fit the definition of some self-appointed organizations, will always be the original and will still be handcrafted in San Francisco. Mm. A lot of breweries right now just taking huge swings at the Brewers Association.
2: A little shade there.
4: Throwing major shade. So, okay, <laughs> we can commence the discussion. I feel like at first I was so mad, as in the, when I sent you all the link the day it happened uh, with many expletives. There were all caps. All caps. <laughs> and I went all the way around to where I've come to pretty much. I'm like, you know what? I would rather them have gone that way than to sell the ABM Bev. That's what my so plan was initially. let
2: me put this out there. Can you name me one other brewery that's owned by Sapporo right now? I can't. No. I can. And only because I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. But there's another brewery that I actually still hold in high regard without knowing who they were, and I really enjoy the stuff that they make still. And they've been owned by Sapporo since 2006.
4: Oh, who? Okay.
2: Unibrew from oh, Canada.
4: Oh, that's yeah. a miggy. Yeah.
2: And that's, okay. I mean, for me, that craft, or that, that's an import, but it—that that is still made to be, like, craft tasting. It's not, like, watered down at all.
1: Hmm.
2: So I'm not on the side of do I think Sapporo will change it? Probably not on the side of uh, Fritz Maytag was the guy who, who founded or not the, founded, but who came in and, and
4: made s- it the, the, the anchor. Around. Yeah. Right. yeah. The, before Maytag came along, they were basically making poison. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> Maytag and, came along and really modernized them.
2: And Keith Greger came in with, um,
0: steaming them inside of, uh, washing machines.
4: <laughs> <laughs> not too far from the truth.
0: <laughs> um, it, I think it is the same family.
1: It is.
2: Because... It is, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's,
2: it... yeah. <laughs> and Fritz Maytag sold the brewery out in 2010 to uh, this Gregor guy and Tony Foglio. Um, and between the two, you know, Gregor, I think, is more the business guy. He's 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 made to, you know, think, what can I get on the dollar? Fritz Maytag turned this into a brewery that really the beer was good and that, that made a difference. So for me, they, they sin ceased to be really craft in the, is it hedonistic? Is that the word? The, the, yeah. the, the feel good nature of the word. They um, no longer back meet in 20. Yeah. What's that?
4: Uh, I was going to say currently, but go ahead.
2: Yeah. Uh, back in 2010, but now they've probably ceased to be craft altogether. Um, are they – I think they're arguing against this point because of the new label, of course, that came out that we talked about last episode. Yeah. Um, but throwing some shade, I don't know necessarily if it's something that Fritz Maytag would say. Um, I don't know. That that does upset me a little bit, but as far as – it, it's sad that the brewery upsets me worse than the, the main company that's coming in and taking them over. You
4: know? <laughs> Yeah, I have I nothing against that company as of yet. And it, it seems like, oh, well, they could have easily had some decorum about this. They didn't have to go, yeah. you know, F.U. Brewers Association. Well, we get they to were
0: your... asked about the craft designation, and I guess they felt they had to defend themselves from what I don't know. Um, you know, it,
2: it may be that this reporter, um, Alyssa Perrieria, Perer, Per Perrieria, Uh, a pop culture and beer reporter at the SF gate um, and the San Francisco Chronicle. She knows what she's doing to make buzzworthy news. And she says, Oh yeah, since I report on beer and since I report on all these things that are going on in the beer industry, I know about this other thing that's going on. Let me go ahead and poke the bear a little bit. And let
0: me, it's a good choice of words for, (laughs) For (laughs) Uh, Uh,
2: and let me go ahead and, and see if I can get them to say something that's going to be, you know, Inflame, in, inflammatory. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's probably a part of what's going on here. It's a part of Gregor's attitude. It's a part PR spin. You know, I, I can't be mad at any one person in this for doing what they did.
4: No, but I mean, it's still. I can be a little upset at at Gregor. Yeah, <laughs> but... the comments are very inflammatory. Um, you would think if it was that out of context. We would be able to find something from him saying, "Hey, whoa, I no." Look, he's he's out of the game. He doesn't care anymore. Well, you don't well, know. He's, that. he's he still CEO,
2: on. I think, of the company even after the sell, sell or whenever the sell actually comes along. Because usually these things are announced and then it doesn't happen for a couple of weeks. But um, he is CEO, so he may he may continue to be CEO or or actually, probably in that case, he would be head of that division for a yep. little while.
4: Yeah, it's just with Anchor's history, it, it really hurt when we see the brewery that was responsible for this like modern wave of craft. That that's we're in. absolutely true. Yeah, it's it's the figurehead of all of this. Like they've just been the one everyone looks to. But I guess sales haven't been the best, uh, even though their distribution has ramped up and you can find more and more of their beers all over the place. I guess well, just they're many competing people in a really,
0: you know very competitive market like yeah. so yeah you know, yeah they get into more distribution areas sure but there's a cost of that plus there's the co- you know depends on how much they're selling at each of those markets because of how much other stuff is in there so it you know just because they expanded into a lot of different areas doesn't mean that they were necessarily making the most most money out of it
4: yeah, yeah. a lot of it if you dig into comments on the post not not from uh sf gates website but from uh, Reddit and places like that, we're actually getting you know consumers posting about this. A lot of people from a lot of different markets just go on and say they don't market it. Period. No. Like it just Maybe. shows up one day. Like there's no, like they don't put anything out. They have no advertising whatsoever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it shows up and you just assume it had been there the whole time.
4: Yeah, like because all much. the labels are so antique looking. Uh, who knows? A, Grand Refresh may have done them a lot of good, or maybe actually just investing in some advertising outside of San Francisco. I don't know, but it's come to be... I'm probably... I was I was ready to buy my final Anchor beers. Like, you know what? I'm going to get a steam beer and a porter. I'll enjoy those, pour one out for my homies, and call it, call it dead to me. But I couldn't do it, and then just thinking about it, I was like, well, who would... It's not terrible, but it comes down to... We may be seeing the very roots starting to grow for a Battle of the Giants when you think, okay, if it comes down to it, which mega macro monster would you support? Would you support uh, Sapporo who has purchased, you know, in, say, 10, 15 years a, a ton of craft brands and suddenly you're on a world, you know, level with ABM Bev? Who would you back in that fight? Like, could you back someone in that fight?
1: Mm.
4: At what point do you call those brands dead to you?
0: Uh, around the point when my liver finally gives out from all the years <laughs> of drinking?
4: Mm. <laughs>
3: yeah, that'll probably be first,
4: <laughs> but I don't know when did I mean, what would happen if, in ten years, they've bought another you know whole bunch of breweries, and we're looking at it being on the same level, and it's like, would you keep drinking these beers even at that no. point? <sighs>
2: So, we, uh, you know, we don't need to spend too long on one one episode, but I do want to say, just because you buy breweries doesn't mean that you're the evil ABM Bev mm. it's, it's the attitude once you buy them up. Do you let them continue what they're doing? And for me, when they purchased the Canadian brewery Unibrew, that showed that they were continuing to make a good beer. ABM Bev comes in, and the flavor of the beer changes. Yeah, um, You know, it just does. And so... That's that's sort of the look that I'm looking at here is I don't care how many breweries you own. I don't care if there's – to a certain extent, I don't want one company to own all the breweries out there. I want there to be a certain amount of competition because that's what drives change, Mm -hmm. and that's what drives innovation. But if a brewery comes in and starts buying up a lot of breweries or even an investment company starts buying up a lot of breweries but still makes great beer – and beer that is the beer that I used to like and enjoy, I'm okay with this.
0: Now this this is where I usually live. Hmm. If
2: if I were the guy that went to Anchor Breweries, you know, tap house every single day or their brewery every day after work because I liked the atmosphere, I liked it, and this was the company that I threw my hundred dollars a week of beer money into, and then ten years later this happens, would I feel betrayed? Maybe. I, yeah, I probably maybe. would to a certain extent. Um, if I didn't see it coming, if I didn't understand what was going on, if I didn't um, didn't want it to happen, maybe. But from the East Coast, with what little bit we drink anchor, you know, having this, this backbone in craft beer, but we don't drink it that often. Right. Uh, you know, I'm okay with it.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of mm. in the same. I'm I'm in the same ambivalence boat.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have inflammatory comments, uh, send them to us, <laughs> <laughs> or post on Reddit, because that's the awesome part about it. Oh yeah, get on there, mm. really get things going. So all right, <sighs> let's lighten things up a little bit. We it's been weeks. We're always talking about doom and gloom. Someone's been bought out. You know, terrible things happening. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, we've run out of beer names, and AI is here to help.
0: Uh, are the only titles now uh, Scroatfest and Poplars?
4: <laughs> what was the actual thing from the Futurama? I forget the other one. I know it was something Zitzels. as bad as Scroatfest. Zitzels. It was Zitzels, Zitzels or Poplars. I like, mm, I think Which
0: I'm means look- Scroatfest had been taken.
4: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, this is from Gizmodo. This article, uh, craft breweries are running out of beer names. NPR reports that companies are having to compromise over shared, <laughs> over a shared name or getting in Twitter fights over them. Even lawyers are settling spats over imaginary or hop puns like hopscotch and bitter end.
3: Yeah, imagery. Yeah,
4: either way. Yeah. Uh, so rather than relying on our boring human brains, why not use artificial intelligence to come up with <laughs> with fresh new names? That's what scientist Janelle Shane, who uses artificial intelligence for this purpose frequently, decided to do. The results: an IPA called Yamquack, a yeah. cherry trout stout, and the fire. Oh yeah, fire pipe amber ale.
0: Yeah, the burp is silent for in most of the time. It but. is.
1: <laughs>
4: it, it's really hard to get it in there in writing. So let's just uh. cover some of these because they are kind of funny.
2: I love like I love all of these.
4: because <laughs> um, it's really wo- barrel aged barrel aged chocolate milk smoke. <laughs> because it's, they just plugged in a whole bunch of current names into the AI and it's trying to basically come up, like figure out puns. It's our, trying to figure out I for to one welcome this. our
0: new yeah. our new robot overlords.
4: Dang River. <laughs> I mean, that's fun. Dang River for an IPA. Why isn't that a, a, a forget an IPA name? That,
2: Dang River
4: Brewery. Uh, yeah. If if we weren't already building Delaters Brewery, the <laughs> Earth Pump Y'all in Wool.
3: No, I like the uh, uh, Bengals
4: y- Zard Flack.
3: Whitey <laughs> Banger Fripper IPA.
4: Yampy. And those are just Earth IPA names. bus. So, all right. I guess they put a, uh, when they put the information in, they put in the name and then the styles. So it kind of saw patterns emerging in different thick styles. Thick back, <laughs> strong pale ales, doubles, triples, etc. Uh, yeah, the thick back triple lock. I mean, you feel like it's like, hey, I think I've seen a triple lock. Brother,
1: triple Panty lock is a good name.
0: Thick back is a hilarious <laughs> yeah. name.
2: Devil's charred, third danger. That's-
1: Oh, man. Ambers. I'm Gate sorry.
2: Rooster. Gate Rooster is the name of my new brewery. <laughs>
3: Wait. S- here we go. One of the Ambers. Sacky Dram. Rover. Oh, sorry. Sacky Rover.
4: <laughs> Old Dumbretts Ring. The Vunker. Cool. The Vunker. Oh, the Finger. <laughs> Sir, the Sir Coffee Stout.
3: How is that not already a thing?
0: Oh. Dramped.
4: Mm, All these are good. <laughs> All these could definitely be. <laughs> yeah. I'm betting they he- will be. People are going to be heaven. running to get the oh, copyrights yeah. on these. Humple yeah. La Bob Store Barrel Aged.
3: Pimper Dignistic.
4: Eye the Moon.
0: That's my
3: favorite now. Pimper
0: Dignistic. Rick and yep. Organic Red Death.
4: <laughs> Bold Oot Stout.
0: Sing- Single Horde.
4: We know where that one came from.
0: Frog Trail yeah. Ale is a uh oh, it's a good name. Hmm. Again, is, that sounds like it's actually
4: real. How is Hoppin' Frog not taking that as a beer yet? Yeah. Oh, Busty. the Blacksmith with cherry.
0: And <laughs> yeah. just Oh, Busty one, Irish though. Red.
2: Oh. Yeah, these are good. I want this, I want this to start churning out beer names. All the time, <laughs> and then when we this this reminds me of a story. Um, this reminds me of another story that I listened to, where uh, AI was doing something, and it was like two AIs talking to each other, and they didn't program any sort of incentive for them to stay in English. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. They started creating their own language and and talking to each other in this own their own language. So. If we did this, eventually it would get into, I'm sure, a series of zeros and ones that we would not understand. But I want more of these.
4: (laughs) Oh, I think some of them were trending that way because you also had the F, it's just (laughs) F-L-B-E-R-C-A-I-P-A came out.
2: It just has IPA at the end.
4: Yeah, like, (laughs) it was headed that way, I have a feeling.
2: But no, that understands I don't know if it doesn't understand, but it it pulls out the logic even more. So it's just a series of letters.
1: This is how the, Skynet it,
0: This is how Skynet gets us. It
2: really
1: It is.
0: makes us love it with its hilarious names and then But it ends indent.
2: in IPA. So it knows it yeah. knows that it should end in IPA. And you fill in the blank on the previous you know, six letters or whatever.
0: Okay, I misread the le- that the, one of these on there, and it says Yilly Hiller's Candy the Ticks. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it said Yilly Hitler's
4: Candy. <laughs> <sighs> A
1: little too you know.
2: honest. Uh, I enjoy it. I like it. No, I uh, like I that. I think we need more.
4: Yes, it's great. Alright, so uh, I think we let's, allude... let's
0: Let's also point out that she had done this for metal band names
4: as well. Yeah. Hmm seems to fit the same kind of puns and such. But, uh, all right, our last story. uh, We we alluded to this during our last video episode, which was over 21st Amendment. Uh, 21st Amendment talks Brooklyn deal. So this, well, as of when this was written, uh, this past Wednesday, Brooklyn Brewery announced a pair of minor investments in 21st Amendment of San Francisco and Funkworks of Fort Collins. Uh, but the deal is about more than equity. The three companies have come together to establish a joint sales and distribution platform, including field sales and key accounts teams of seventy people and ninety brand ambassadors spread across thirty eight states.
0: For Brooklyn I, like I like just like to imagine Brooklyn Brewery brewery just coming up again. Now form the head. <laughs> yeah.
4: It really seems like they came together and like, hey, guys, we're kind of spread all across the country, but if we combine, you know, all of our footprints, we can really make something out of this, and we don't have to move to, like, sell out to somebody. It's more of kind of what Stone is, has been trying to foster, saying, hey, we don't have to all sell to, like, the big guy. We can kind of co-invest in each other.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Form blazing distribution platform. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I want to see more of this because there's there's Midwest breweries that are doing great. There are East Coast breweries that are doing great. There are West Coast breweries that are doing great. Let's just bring them all together, and that's what they've done here.
4: Yeah, uh, for Brooklyn, the arrangement caps off an extremely active two-month stretch that saw the company establish three other new joint ventures outside the country, not to mention Brooklyn sold a minor stake to Japanese uh, brewing giant Kirin last fall. But what does the latest activity mean for the other brewers involved? Funkworks and 21st Amendment are two very different companies. The latter are regional stronghold in cans and the former a smaller operation dedicated to glass four-packs that have shared little in common aside from the fact that up until now, they haven't had the winds of corporate capital at their backs. To answer that, we touched base and they talked with everybody and, and they all blew smoke, <laughs> essentially. But uh, on the record, how this deal—how did this deal come together? There are a lot of breweries like us that are sort of in the middle. They've spent some money on expansion projects and don't have the cash left over to be out there spending lavishly on sales and marketing and promotions the way some of the breweries that have been bought out by the bigger guys or the private equity guys do. So okay, the...
0: real quick. Casey, this is a lot like uh, that episode of Mad Men where... Uh... Where uh, uh, Sterling Cooper, Draper Price, and uh, uh, the other company are trying to pitch for a car. And they realize that they're not big enough to get it, so they just decide, like, screw it, we're going to become the same company. Mm. It's Uh, not exactly that, but it just feels like them going, like, oh, wait, we're here in the middle. uh, If we work together, we can make things work a little bit easier all around. Okay
2: so here's here's probably what's going on is i am a let's let's take it from the 21st amendment perspective because that's who the story's written around um i am sitting here on the west coast and i'm not super well known on the east coast and i've got i've got guys and gals out there that are selling my beer um i'm going up to cincinnati every week and i'm selling to all the little liquor stores around there and i'm selling to uh great american ballpark and so i'm putting my beer in there but i can't get too far out of cincinnati with that one guy or gal i don't know who the the rep is for that area but i really want to get to more markets but here i am uh sitting on the west coast and it's hard for me to put so many people out there now brooklyn brewery is sitting on the east coast and funk works i think is the other one is sitting in the in the middle And let's talk amongst each other and see if you, in addition to bringing along your beer, could bring my beer too. And then on the East West coast, I'll bring Brooklyn beard, all my West coast distributors and all my West coast uh, accounts. And so what they're doing is just basically including an additional two brands, maybe even three or four um, brands in addition to what they're bringing currently. So that that one, you know, I don't know what they get paid 50,000. Let's say 50,000 a year salary in Cincinnati is now costing your company closer to probably 20 to 30,000 or even less maybe. And you're pulling in two other breweries that are helping to pay that cost because they're pulling in those beers as well. So it's basically you're taking the amount of time that you're in a store. I can pull my beer in and say, okay, let me have one tap handle. Whereas if I've got three beers, I can say, "Hey, I've got three very different beers here. Let me have three tap handles, and we'll pour from there." So at Great American Ballpark, you may see a Twenty First Amendment beer, a Brooklyn Brewery beer, and a Funkworks beer. Although Funkworks would be a little bit harder to sell, um, right there on tap at the ballpark.
0: Yeah, yeah, it 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 would allow for for them to do to. to... To do more together i guess basically but yeah you can get to the markets
2: that you can normally and let's cincinnati is a big market let's say you want to go outside cincinnati and and you wanted to come down to lexington well that's easier to do now since i've got three brands i can go to lexington and sell my beer lexington kentucky and sell my beer because i've got three different beers to sell and not just one
4: yeah there's a lot more that can be made whereas before you may not have had a salesperson dedicated to Cincinnati. They may have been dedicated to a nearby market and would come down here every now and again to push a few things. So they could have been stationed in uh, Chicago or Indianapolis and were just making a day trip of it to buzz down to Cincinnati. Whereas one of the other breweries had someone already stationed in Cincinnati and can make those trips, you know, those day trips out even further to spread it.
2: And 21st Amendment got a little bit extra cash because they are sharing their force. Uh, their sales force, they're, they're getting a little extra cash in there too. So in addition, they can spread themselves a little bit thinner, open up some new um, brewery sites, maybe Um, open up some more uh, capacity so they can brew even more. Maybe they'll open up a brewery in the Midwest.
4: Yeah. This is really what we would all like to see. I have a feeling more than, you know, even though we're okay on the whole with anchor selling out to Sapporo, Maybe we'd have rather seen Anchor go into a partnership with other longtime brewers. I mean, who all would have liked to have seen Anchor suddenly go into some kind of agreement like this with Yingling? I mean, both yep. brands are, compete saying that they are the oldest brewery in the country. Why not have them come together and be like, hey, like the two oldest breweries in the country just made, just shook hands and now are <laughs> I'm spreading. just right
0: now pic- picturing them as, as like the Wayland Utani of beer.
4: Pretty much, well, xenomorphs. We already a, have that. It's
0: called Anheuser Busch. Yeah. Man, I'm getting drunk.
2: <laughs> we need to. We need to speed this process <laughs> right. up. I am getting. We're on wine, and wine gets you drunk.
4: Mm-hmm. It'll get I mean, you drunk.
0: If <laughs> if you can drink it, how does Tyrion do this?
4: <laughs> you know what? I feel like that's a great, uh, great segue. Get r- riggedy, riggedy, Rex. But some of us already are.
2: I'm getting there. I'm already one bottle of wine in Jeez. on an empty stomach. Oh
4: my gosh.
0: <laughs> I got some pizza. You just need to drive the Lexington.
2: <sighs> I told well, I told Ashley to go get us some tacos when we mentioned tacos earlier and she said no. Oh. I'm oh. so sad. <laughs> Excuse
3: me.
0: Um, Alright. So untapped time. What do yeah. we got first?
3: So we have got the Dale's Pale Ale.
0: Dale Gribble? <clears throat>
3: It's usually my first thought. (laughs) Rusty Shackleford. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The original craft beer in a can, Dale's Pale Ale from Oscar Blues, is celebrating 15 years of deliciousness. To commemorate this occasion, Dale's Pale Ale released limited edition 16-ounce cans featuring the unique illustrations of McBess. Uh, when three cans are lined up side-by-side, side, they create a mural depicting Oscar Blue's journey from Mountain Town Brew Pub to Craft Beer Pioneer.
0: So, it is a really cool. Like, yeah. They show it on the thing. It's like,
4: oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks neat. I would love to find those cans. I haven't seen any around here yet. Cause usually
3: their, their art honestly doesn't really impress me not that much. So
4: like, seeing this, I'm just like, oh, okay, good up. <sighs> well, they're usually pretty minimalistic about it. Like It's yeah. just a kind of like pattern on the can and then just says what, what the beer is.
3: Mm-hmm. so just skip ahead a little bit here but we're just gonna say so um basically they've teamed up with untapped to celebrate this uh this awesome anniversary in the school art and stuff so uh untap uh dale's pale ale so there's several levels <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um so cherry popped uh check in any dales can or draft you get 500 oh. points say hi to can d uh, check into five Dale Pale, Dale's Pale Ales. Ugh. John uh, Candy?
0: That's depressing.
3: <laughs> yeah. Either way, not, all this is, yeah. Uh, worded weird. Uh, but you get 2,500 points for that check-in. Um, take a walk with Stu Teva. Sure. Uh, check into 10 Dale's Pale Ales, and you get 5,000 points. Hang in with Anita Brew, 15, and you get 7,500 points. Pipes down, cans up. Uh twenty five mm. um, Dale's that's pale ale.
1: I like the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: so that's that's gonna be twelve thousand five hundred points. And then enter the weasel. <laughs> yeah,
2: that that's twelve thousand five hundred points. Yeah. That's twenty-five pale ills.
3: Twenty five cans <laughs> of beer. Yeah. Start chugging. It's it's
1: quite beer.
0: the <laughs> take one down, pass it around.
3: You still have more to go. Um <laughs> By the way, so, all
0: these points are for to redeem uh, redeem to win merch from yeah, Oscar yeah. Blues.
3: So the final one is, um, so the, the enter the weasel, um, you get There's you can check in at the brewery, <laughs> at Oscar Bre- Blues Brewery Tasty Weasel Tap Room, and win a limited edition screen print while supplies last. Seems like a lot for a screen print there, but uh, anyway, <laughs> this goes until.
0: Um, no, no, October twenty second. Use the Weasel, you just have to check in to check into one of their beers at any of their brewery. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Hold on. You don't bro. have to. You don't have to get twenty five thousand more than twenty five thousand points. Just Casey's get...
4: adding a pit stop on his trip. Hmm. <sighs> no. Well, no. That doesn't twenty five. No. Yes,
2: no. <laughs> twenty five of these. We'll get you 12,500 points, which would get you a snowboard. <laughs> oh. 25 cans of beer for that's, a snowboard. That's a pretty good... That's a really this. good exchange. You a yeah. good deal. Okay.
3: See, that they don't have to spell that out on untapped. Okay. So there's a link on there, too. So, yeah. Okay. So... The points are crazy. You actually you can get skis or a snowbird at that point level, actually. So you just go snowboard. buy a case um, of Honestly, a pair of if you're looking
0: to get oh one. maybe I should get those shoes or that shirt. No. no. Okay. Buckle down.
2: Get some skis. Yeah, just wait. These are these are these are sixteen ounce cans, although I don't know how they know the difference. Um but for fifteen you can get a pair of shoes. Like yeah. a van's pair of vans yeah. that are printed like this.
3: Seventy five hundred points, yep. That's what's kind, of, kind of cool with the, because you got the art on it. Everything, everything on this list has that art on it. Let's just for a six pack,
0: you can get a T-shirt.
3: Okay, so yeah, for
0: for for a six pack, you get a T-shirt or a hat.
3: So okay, yeah. this makes it seem a lot better because uh, there's it doesn't really say like oh, and you get all this stuff on Untapped. You have to actually go to the link. This kind of comes out to the drinker's favor. I mean, yeah. Okay, so this this, the game just changed a little bit. Anyway, um, so the but you the badges and this whole this whole thing goes on until October twenty second. So you have until um, well, it's going on now. So but you have until the twenty second.
4: Yeah, like two and a half months. Yeah.
2: Read the official rules. To get some shoes.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know. Okay.
3: Seeing that link made it better. Before I was just like, so you're getting all this for what? Like, what's happening
2: here? Oh, is there a caveat? There is. Oh. is it? Caveat. Um, uh, so the snowboards, there are only 12 available. They're giving ah. out one per week. And...
4: So you got to do that fast. <laughs> yeah. Chug a lug, chug a lug, chug a lug.
3: The badges look cool, too, though, by the way. Because um, it, it's all still around that art.
2: And it's t- points to enter for a weekly prize drawing. So okay. you're not guaranteed. So you're not even getting the stuff.
3: Not
0: guaranteed that. Okay. Uh, that went it to, does not. That went to dumb it does reference. not make that very clear. No. Okay. So you don't instantly get skis. You are entered if you get to that level to win skis that week. But yep. if you chug all, the all it, all it says
2: enough. is crush some Dales, check in, snag the merch. It doesn't say, you know, you're you're part of a a, a you know basically a sweepstakes. Hmm. hmm.
3: Okay, that went that went from awesome to dumb again, really fast.
2: <laughs> it went from dumb to awesome to, <laughs> to oh, they yeah. they expect you to drink the twenty five cans and then yeah. go to enter and realize it's oh, we're entering into that's, a that's dumb,
0: yeah. Yeah, but maybe Ed McMahon will show up with a, <laughs> a can of the six pack of beer and and some skis.
1: Sure.
4: Maybe
0: not, not anything branded with this. He just shows up and is like,
4: Hey, <laughs> oh, so that's some like <laughs> golden ticket stuff going on.
0: Yeah, that's
3: mm,
4: yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> read the rules, yeah, always read the say. rules.
0: All right, um, I believe I'm next. Uh, next up, we have Line and Kugel's 150th anniversary. I feel like I always get Line and Kugel somehow. <laughs> Sorry, that's fine. I think he's. Uh, celebrating 150 years of brewing, and Google has stayed true to their vision, because I'm tired of saying that name, uh, <laughs> combining traditional German brewing with the innovative spirit of Wisconsin. And uh, the
1: cash enjoy flow your... of AB and
0: Bev. Hmm?
4: Said in the cash flow of AB and Bev.
0: Enjoy your favorite Lannin Google brews during the month of August and you'll earn the 150th anniversary badge.
1: Hmm.
0: Pretty self-explanatory. No skis with this one.
3: Well, which is less dumb now, now that we know the, the truth. <laughs>
2: All right. A little something... Something? Something. Yeah. Something. Loganitas. A little something extra L from Laganitas, making a way, its way to shelves and tabs near you. I'm drunk. This big sister of little something something ale is packed full of wheat giving it a curious malt complexity and light color but huge in flavor and satisfaction once you've tracked down little something l or little something extra be sure to reveal the moment and enjoy your beer
0: they should have put that they should have put that little dog's head on that woman's face in the picture (laughs) i feel like that would have been better
2: she looks like the joker anyways um, when you're finished, don't forget to check that... I hope that's not like the brewer's wife or something. Uh, when you're finished, don't forget to check that delicious ale in and unlock a brand new badge. Check yeah. into one little something extra ale from Loganese between July 30th and August 30th, and you'll earn a little something extra badge.
4: No, you're right. It does... Like, you'd expect the bad thing from the original... or not the original, but from the 80s Batman movie to have that... Love that Joker! Just like the mouth-only <laughs> moving
0: oh yeah oh lord (laughs) all right let's let's move on
4: all right guys all right
0: let's get this let's get this train wreck over with
4: yeah
0: this is um dry this one's full bodied are you sure
4: no what is a wine body yeah this is clearly wet
1: (laughs) (laughs) clearly That, that seemed like the best clip to you <laughs> that
4: clip was from uh adam ruins everything on wine snobs Although, the best thing about that is that the wine sommelier at the end when he's like no it's all subjective and made up and he's like it is and he's like finally and he pulled a big box of like white zinfandel is like, like dumping it in his mouth he's like oh god it's so good <laughs> <laughs> yes it, it does he's end nice. on a positive
3: note for the wine I and mean, he, he just basically says like people are People who really try to be pretentious about it have no need to be because it's it's whatever, and the taste is all subjective. So,
0: yeah. All right. So, much like beer, wine is a fermented beverage. Uh, The key difference between wine and other fermented uh, beverages is the ingredients. Wine, although it can be made with any fruit, is in this context most popularly made with grapes. Wine grapes are different from uh, table grape varieties you will find at the supermarket and have been cultivated for thousands of years for their unique properties. Table grapes are grown larger in size for their uh, large their large pulp region and thinner skin.
4: Oh, uh, that sounds sexy. It's... Large pulp.
0: Uh, they ship easily to, and are bruise-resistant. Uh, some are grown to be seedless and have less sugar and acidity than a wine grape. Wine grapes are grown to produce sweet and... Potent must. A must. Again,
4: again, sexy.
0: Yeah, the must is freshly pressed juice that also contains seeds, skins, and some stems of the wine grape. What is that? Um, is it grappas? Is that what I'm thinking of, Casey?
2: Grappas is a high-proof alcohol uh, distilled from wine. Or, and it's
0: yeah. it's it's made with like this stuff, basically, yes. like you know. Whatever's left over, went... we're gonna turn this into into spirits.
2: Yeah, you basically take this the must and uh, and ferment that, and then must. you distill it until it's very concentrated.
4: So turn yeah. it into party liquor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's all I <I'm> drink. Yeah. <laughs> us. Uh,
0: when wine grapes are grown, uh, the The key to their production is to increase the concentrated flavors of the grape, uh, while wine grapes are raised to preserve the appearance for the market. Table grapes are raised to preserve the appearance for the market. The winemaking process is much simpler than making beer and is probably a major factor why it's the oldest fermented beverage in the world. Uh, One of, anyway. Uh, If dropped in the ground, wine grapes will ferment on their own and turn into wine. Uh, The oldest known winery was discovered uh, only a few years ago in what is uh, modern-day Armenia and dates back to uh, 41,000 BC by 31... Uh, sorry, 4,100 BC. By 3,100 BC, the pharaohs in Egypt had made wine uh, wine-like beverage from red grapes for use in ceremonies, likely due to its appearance of blood and probably its intoxicating effect.
4: So, grapes just demand to ferment. They just do it, naturally. They're like, no! <laughs> Yeah. If if Let's, you break
0: you got that, that much sugar in you,
2: <laughs> If you go and just cut the skins of uh grapes while they're still on the vine, the natural yeasts that are on the outside of that grape will jump in there and it, it's kind of a it's kind of this weird what you eukaryotic? No. Um it's where two organisms work together.
0: Symbiotic. symbiotic
2: symbiotic relationship where the wine grapes produce alcohol which staves off any other uh bacteria from coming in there and so this this combination of the two really has made wine grapes and yeast a big combination
0: Man, and wine casey is uh is really a tom bottom <laughs> shakespeare <laughs> reference and i'm just gonna keep going um <laughs> Google? (laughs) It is likely the uh, Egyptians' contact with the Phoenicians that have helped to spread wine across the Mediterranean uh, region of North Africa, the Middle East, uh, Greece, and Italy by uh, 1200 BC. It was also probably the Egyptians or the Phoenicians that brought wine to the Jews who used it in uh, religious services. One of the earlier written accounts of a vintner is told in the uh, biblical book of Genesis where Noah gets drunk on wine after the Great Flood. Yeah, there's another section of uh no no sorry thinking of the wrong is it that one that there, there's there's noah getting drunk on wine and then I, I'm confusing it with uh lot and his daughters after that oh. yeah
4: yeah yes. you are
0: yeah it's like there's like there's there's another very <laughs> disconcerting story
2: yes. yeah yeah um, Noah Noah gets drunk goes and gets naked in front of his sons and uh you know one one or two laughs at him while the yeah. other, like, clothes him. But either way, yeah, it, it, it doesn't speak highly on getting drunk, but it talks about
0: wine.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, wine and religion are tied closely throughout history. In the early days of Christianity, uh, it is the monks of Italy and France that perfected the winemaking process and technology. The Catholic Church gro- uh, growth had a large influence on the growth of wine uh, throughout Europe as well. Uh, wine travels throughout the globe. Con- uh, conquistadors bring wine to the Americans in the late 1400s. They land in Mexico and Brazil. And in 1543, a Jesuit missionary, Francis Xavier, brings Christianity and wine to Japan as a gift to the feudal lords. The first time uh, the U.S. sees wine production attempted uh, was probably in 1562 when the French Huguenots try, uh, trying to grow uh, American native grapes for consumption. The Vintners' uh, venture concludes shortly after when the results are found to be unpleasant. Over the next hundred years or so, European varieties of grapes are brought to the New World and grown in areas like Virginia. As of uh, 2014, wine grapes are grown on every continent, including Antarctica.
4: Really? <laughs>
0: How? <laughs> I'm
2: guessing greenhouses. Cold-weather-resistant uh, cold, cold weather resistant varieties of grapes. and Yeah, but grown... the place is
0: basically a desert.
2: <laughs> they're grown... I, uh, uh, in one specific area in Antarctica. They're cultivated there specifically, and it's in one of the little jut-off portions. Um, I could look it up and see. That's
0: also implying know. someone is living there. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's, it, well, it's scientists. It, it, they it's, are. Yeah,
2: that's literally all they do. It's, it's, it's only scientists.
4: We saw what happened when you put a lone scientist on Mars. He grows effing potatoes. You put a bunch of them on Antarctica, he they're He colonized gonna... Mars. He was an American hero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you put enough of them in Antarctica, they're going to get drunk. Give so them time. it's
2: the, it's the McMurdo, McMurdo Dry Valleys is where oh, it
0: is. Jesus, I just finished this glass. I hate this episode so much.
4: <laughs> well, pour another glass. We're still going. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, how it's made. I just, in my head, as I say it, I hear, I hear the thing going from the old show. How it's been I'm Discovery. All right, never mind. Winemaking begins with growing grapes, of course. The types of grapes grown depends on what does well in the area, really. Uh, what the tradition is and what the local laws uh, say about wine you produce. Yeah, that gets really odd. A lot of them have heard of in different areas can really turn uh, the wine to crap. There are hundreds of varieties of grapes, but some stand out as being the most popular. And here we go for a fun list, and hear me mispronounce a lot of things. So, one that everyone's heard of, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> Two, we should have just really had like a Google Translate to read these <laughs> off correctly. So,
0: real quick, because uh, we're talking about wine names. Uh, I remember when I was working as a bartender, someone was trying to t- ask me where to put stuff up. I was like, well... Put that with the uh, white wines. And they went, why? <laughs> it's a Sauvignon Blanc. Isn't that a red? <laughs> it has Blanc in the name. What does that mean?
4: <laughs> red? I swear <laughs> to God.
3: I at least know that much.
4: From everyone who's seen Sideways, uh, number two, Merlot. Because he is not drinking Merlot. No, No one? No one? Okay. I've not seen Never Sideways. Seen I can't speak to it. Paul Giamatti well, goes on a tirade, uh,
0: the, uh, you, screaming,
2: "I'm not drinking Merlot." It's not mentioned anywhere else in here, but there is a big cultural influence, of course, with wine, mm-hmm. and with Merlot versus Sauvignon or uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, um, there's a big, like, big difference between how one's viewed. So Merlot is much less. <sighs> I, I, Cabernet is the wine that, oh, yes, it's Cabernet. And then Merlot's kind of, ah, it's Merlot. You know, it is what it is. You know, watch Sideways. It's a real good movie.
1: <laughs>
4: okay. All right. It, it explains the, the snootiness of wine even better. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Number three, this is where I'm going to start trailing off. Aaron? Sure. That I mean? don't know. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's actually one I've not seen. Yeah. I know. Okay. All right. Uh, number four. Tempranillo. No,
3: no, they said that in the beginning. Tempranillo. Tempranillo.
0: <laughs> uh,
4: five. It's be a... Chardonnay. <laughs> Chard. Ch- Chardonnay.
0: The fish one.
3: Please
4: don't. <laughs> it hurts. It actually hurts. <laughs> uh, six. Oh, God. Syrah. I was going with Syrah. Syrah. Yeah. Uh, Syrah. Seven. Garn. Paula like- I- <laughs> Giamatti. Garnasha Tinta? Garnasha Tinta. Question mark. <laughs> Eight. sevignon Blanc. Nine. Treb.
3: God. Trebbiano Toscano. Danny Trejo.
4: <laughs> Trebbiano Toscano. Joey Trebbiano Toscano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and. You know the last one. Ten. Pinot. Please
3: don't. <laughs> New Air. <laughs> <I> hate you. <laughs> Pinot Noir. <laughs> I have to fix it. <laughs>
0: it hurts.
4: Okay, he's a little too I'm, pleased with the entertaining
3: myself. He's also got a giant <laughs> bottle with him, so.
4: I'm drinking a 750 milliliter bottle of something by myself. Uh, some of these you may know from wine labels like Popular Cab, and some may be used in blended wine, more commonly like the Tempranillo, or could be used as cognac like. Trebbiano because of its high acidity. This brings us to the first issue with naming a wine. Some wines are named for their grape variety. In the U.S., if a wine is made of 90% of a single grape, it can be named after the grape, with a few small exceptions. When you purchase a Chardonnay, you will know it's probably 90% Chardonnay grapes. Wines that are blended, however, can be named a few different ways. If the wine follows all of the rules set forth by the region's laws, it can be labeled by the region for the wine. It's for the wine that's made. Uh, this is where you get blends like Bordeaux, which typically contains over seventy percent cab. Hmm. Cab Sav. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cab Sav. Grapes with other thirty percent made up of the variants or varieties. Wine grapes are picked at the perfect time for the sugar content to be turned into wine. I never really understood exact when, what time of year is that?
0: They're out there it's, looking at them.
4: It, it's, They're finding it's, it well, that
0: way. Just...
2: <laughs> it's kind of in fall. Uh, okay. And one of the things that I didn't put in here whenever I was writing this up is that if you don't have a certain region, if you don't have a, um, the, like Bordeaux is a certain region that has certain rules. If you don't have that in the US, you could just call it a blended red. Mm-hmm. If it has less than 70% cab, cab, or you know some sort of red wine less than seventy percent. You could just call it a blend if if it's just a red wine blend.
0: Mm.
4: So yeah, uh, wine grapes freezing the
0: wine. Freezing the wine, by the way, not that much helpful.
2: <laughs> well, for, so an experiment that was just under. Go ahead, go ahead and talk. Say say this next part, and then I'll, I'll go from there.
4: Okay, uh, between fifteen and twenty-five percent sugar. Uh, Ventners will use a tool called refractometer refractometer yeah. <laughs> to measure the sugar level in the field, testing multiple grapes to determine when the time is right. So that answers the question. If I would have just, you know, actually read that part.
2: So yeah, um, they'll use a refractometer to, you know, basically they'll squeeze a little grape juice on there, take a grape, pop it on the, on the refractometer. They'll be able to tell what the, the percentage of sugar is. And then depending on what the wine type they're trying to blend, they could do it you know, very high sugar, a little bit lower sugar. Basically the higher the sugar means that there's less water in there. And that also means that you're gonna get a higher alcohol content, but you're gonna get more concentration of the flavor. And that's kind of what they're looking for is that perfect point. I and don't every... want
0: per- I want I want less sugar then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> every every winery has their own perfect point. Now you said ice earlier and so that got me onto another tangent of ice wine and so in some vintners uh, some vintners will use the changing seasons to make their wine even more concentrated so they'll wait until the grapes dry out and almost look kind of raisin-like and they'll crush those down and make what's called ice wine which has even higher sugar content but they're kind of frozen and so the ice take some more of that water out whenever they're, they're pressing the grapes. Hmm. So they'll press them cold. So not for Justin. They'll kind of freeze on the vine and you're just pressing out more concentrated sugar.
4: Stay away from the ice wine. Oh
2: no. Ice wine. Most delicious stuff ever because the, we get into this a little bit further, but yeast can only go up to a certain percent of of alcohol. So once you get up to about 17% in some of these, uh, yeasts that are specific for wines after that point it can't survive so it just dies off but you're left with even more sugar than what the yeast can ferment and so you get a sweet wine and so the one that i try to look for for today um was a and the one i go always go to for a um special occasion is a sauterne's a sauterne's wine is absolutely delicious because it's high alcohol, but it's super sweet and they've got a good flavor to them. So, I don't know. I really like that one.
3: Hmm. all All Alright, so after the harvest, uh, grapes are transported back to the winery and are crushed. White wine and red wine are made in a similar manner. To make white wine, the grapes are crushed and transformed quickly to a press that separates the juice from the skins, seeds, and stems of the grape. For white wine... (laughs) For white wine, uh, white or red grapes can be used because the color comes from the skin and not the actual juice. Um, to make red wine, the vineyard will commonly remove the stems and lightly crush the grapes, and then go into a tank with skins and seeds to develop and start fermentation. The skins add the red color to the red or to the wine, and the skin and seeds both add what is called tannins to the wine.
0: Freaking tannins.
2: Yeah, tannins are just that—you know—make your make your uh, mouth kind of pucker up
0: kind of feel.
3: Gotcha. Um,
4: Especially that biff.
0: (laughs) That biff tannin (laughs) had no good son of a dog. (laughs)
3: Um, Wine is not heated to kill any bacteria on the surface, so many wineries will sulfite the wine uh, to sterilize sterilize it prior to adding yeast. The old methods of winemaking didn't do this, and the amount of yeast on the skins would provide enough fermentation power to ferment the wine. But the fermentation process was unpredictable, and those wines could spoil. The lower the pH of the wine, the less sulfite is needed to sterilize the wine, so it is a process that needs some precision. To ferment wine yeast specific to the type of wine you're making is added. Wait.
4: There's a reason we didn't play the They're Not That Drunk.
3: Yeah, Yeah. seriously.
4: Um, I missed a comma. <laughs> I
3: was it, like,
0: it turns out commas are important.
3: <laughs> okay, so to to ferment wine, yeast specific to the type of wine you're making is added.
0: The, uh, to ferment wine yeast. <laughs> an old. Term. I'm sorry, like it really messes me no, up. No, no, I, I, I'm making fun of Casey. <laughs> <not> yeah,
2: exactly.
3: <laughs> um, okay, so
2: commas so. are important. Yes. <laughs>
3: um, okay. Uh, For white wine, after fermentation is complete, the wine may be aged in old or new American or French oak barrels, stainless steel, or bottled shortly after it is finished. Uh, For red wine, wine, uh, the wine is degassed and agitated to keep the grape skins in contact with the wine. When it is finished, the grapes are then pressed and racked to clarify the wine. It can then spend several months aging in barrels prior to bottling. If the wine is a blend, many types of fermented wine will be tasted to select the appropriate proportions and the wine is then mixed in large amounts. Um, For pink, blush or rosé wines, the process is a little different. For rosé, the winery will likely blend red and white together after fermentation. For pink and blush, the grapes a winery will start with are red skinned and the process to make red wine is followed except they only allow the juice to contact the skin a short amount of time before pressing it off Um, to explain how to make champagne or sparkling wine we probably need another episode later on but the basic process is to ferment wine as you would normally then add a little unfermented grape juice to the mix and bottle with fresh yeast the re-fermentation in the bottle makes it have carbonation and therefore the explosive bubbly nature we see Fortified wine. The proper
0: way to open up a bottle of champagne is with a sword. Oh yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah, obviously. Uh, Fortified wine is another large category where liquor, most of the time brandy, is added to the wine. This increases the alcohol content. Additionally, some sweetener may be added to offset the high alcohol content. Also, sometimes aromatics are added, Um, and this category includes port, vermouth, uh, Madeira? Madeira. 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 Yeah. Okay.
0: It's uh it was Benjamin Franklin's favorite drink. Oh.
3: Uh Marsala <laughs> and lush. sherry. And
4: so it, I've never
3: had know. sherry too, I've also.
4: So talking yeah. about uh champagne. Champagne. <laughs> a six pack of champagne. Um <laughs> no. Uh there was recently no, an that's episode of Champills. <laughs> there was recent <laughs> recently an episode of uh Stuff You Should Know where it was nothing but champagne and i can't wait for us to do an episode about it because they were talking about originally champagne it's not just the region that makes it it's well part of the region is where the ph in the topsoil is to the point that they don't have to carb it like the ph oh. is so like god awful for anything <laughs> but grapes that they like self-carbonate uh, it does self-carbonate but anyone would do that It's something about the specific pH due to old Roman salt mines in the region.
2: So, stuff you should. You got to sing it, Yeah, I'm I'm just just Googling this so I have it on my uh, radar um, so I can write them a nasty gram if they are wrong.
1: You have to listen to it first, at least. They're
2: kind of the that and see they're
4: kind of winging it like we are. They're going based on old articles from <laughs> discovery or whoever it is that owns them, huh and they just pull the information I'll, from them. I'll
2: have to look and see because you can make you could literally make not champagne, but you can make sparkly wine out of any wine out there. now, champagne specifically, um and that's one of the the beverages that I'm drinking tonight. Um, champagne specifically has a really good soil, a really rocky and mineraly soil, which means that the Chardonnay grapes that they use are are especially um, good. But uh, yeah, it's, the, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Well, they
4: said it's traditionally that's what you have seen. Is that yeah. that's what led to the you know carbonated kinds of champ? Yeah, the champagnes we see today was because mm-hmm. before they didn't have to add anything to it, and originally that was how you got that kind of a wine. I have to look and see. We'll see what it does, what it says. Okay, wine case, regions. Case so, are.
0: where where are the top wine per, uh, producing countries? Uh,
2: so, according to volume, just like the uh, the styles and the grapes that we were talking about earlier, grapes uh, of wrath. Grapes of wrath. Um, the top wine producing regions in the world by volume change with international trends in wine. So, currently the list is as follows: It's France in first place, Italy in second. Spain in third, mm-hmm. and then lowly the United States um, down below.
0: We got, uh, we got beer and spirits to make. We ain't got time.
2: <laughs> so the top three were pretty much in the, the categories and in the, the order that they were um, for most of the modern wine era. Um, though you get down to the United States, we didn't get our status until probably the 60s when the – what was it called? um it's not sideways but there's another really good movie out there um about wine that talks about the the battle of french wine against u.s wine and and they get tasted and it's got the guy who plays snape
3: alan rickman alan rickman alan rickman
2: it's got alan rickman in it so um go check it out it's a really Die hard
1: (laughs) it's got
2: uh it's a lot quite heavily set in california and then the final part of it you know they they basically take france and the united states against each other but really big deal there um argentinian wine has really been on the rise australian wine i'm going to go ahead and say it's a lot due to yellowtail i was
3: gonna say yellowtail
2: yeah (laughs) South African wine is doing really good right now. Chinese wine is on the growth pattern right now, so they're they're really like heading up there. They haven't been on this list very long. Um, Chile, they have some amazing wines down in Chile, um, and then Germany has always been sort of on the list, but they, they got beer to make.
0: Yeah, yeah. they've
2: been making. Uh, they've been falling quite a farther down, quite a bit farther down. Um, Gewurztraminer is. what i get my wow character's name from so um i have to throw that one out there
4: i gotta say the u.s standing might be for a similar reason because the wine growing region in the u.s where it's most popular is also now where a lot of you know middle of the road breweries are starting to buy up land and put in their hop farms Mm. And also that same region tends to growing hemp and similar plants, which are now being legalized. <laughs> the
2: Pacific Northwest is very good growing area. Um, they've got some amazing weather. So uh,
4: yeah, the, uh, the land in that region is now being utilized for many, many different reasons.
2: <laughs> quite fertile, uh, for vine and vine growing plants. So, the regions have their own laws uh, that can govern what wine can be called and what you can call wine. So, you know, in France, they've got specific regions that you grow wine that you Most can call it Bordeaux. The champagne. Champagne is, is Champagne, Bordeaux, uh, I don't know, Chianti in Italy, uh, Prosecco in Italy, uh, I don't know what we've got in spain but there's probably some sort of uh region there in the united states we traditionally grow a lot of uh cabernet or, or not cabernet sauvignon and so that's kind of our big thing the when we talked about the 90 percent and above and you can name it uh cabernet is one of those that varies where you can actually have 75 percent of your wine grape being cabernet um, sauvignon and then you can still call it cabernet sauvignon but, anyways, with that, it changes with regions. Um, so, I've got this whole section here that's more for discussion than it is for just me reading. Uh, but it talks about how to order wine and not don't, look like an idiot.
0: Don't don't tell these secrets. It's the only way that my my <laughs> old coworker is either a got to feel superior or b got to make an extra <laughs> bit of money.
2: Uh, you have read through this, and you know exactly where I'm going. I cannot um, order
4: wine to save my life. I, I If we're out somewhere that necessitates it, I will take whatever is suggested, or I'll just let her order for me. As if I you.
3: help at all.
4: Because when she gets wine, she's like, just give me the driest thing you have. Yeah, yeah. that's not wrong, actually.
2: So here's the secret that I went to a... Okay, so it was our anniversary, my, my wife and mine's anniversary recently, and so we went to a nice restaurant, like you do. You go to some place that you spend more than really what you have, mm-hmm. and you go there and you buy dinner, and, and you buy things that you, you can't really afford, but you go out there and you, you do it anyways because it's a special occasion.
0: You know what? Dying alone doesn't sound nearly as bad, now.
2: <laughs> so we went to a good restaurant down in Charlotte, North Carolina, a really nice high-end steak re- steakhouse that on the menu or on the uh the review sites on google it it come in at four dollar signs so um, i'm not saying it was a good decision i'm just saying that it's what you do Hmm. so we we went out and i got handed this wine list that was more like a wine tome (laughs) and it was 400 wines deep
1: that's ridiculous and
2: so what we're going to talk a little bit about here is really about what what happens whenever you get handed this wine list. What do you do? What does it really mean? Um, and so we're going to go into that. So mm-hmm. wines in restaurants will generally cost you about three times more than what it would in a retail outlet. Shh.
0: You buy a <laughs> bottle of wine for the table when you're at when you're out to eat. So it's a it's a good deal. <laughs> it, it
2: well it is a better
0: deal to buy a bottle.
2: I don't it know if that's... It's a better deal
0: somewhat... to buy it than buy it by the glass. If you're going to drink more than two to yes. three glasses, yes, buy a bottle. But Same it's going to cost you a lot more than than if you yes. would just went down to...
2: What ten What ten glasses of beer at a good restaurant would cost me, I could buy an entire keg. It's just what restaurants do. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind when you're going. But the markup on wines is a little bit more than probably what you would get with um, beer. Um, so because of that, I say, and this is me, don't buy ultra expensive wines in a restaurant. Mm. Don't Unless you buy- want to make your
0: server really happy because he's like, oh, tips coming in. <laughs>
2: That's, that's very true. If you're going to buy, like, in my opinion, if you're, and you've got, that's an additional 20% that you're going to be tacking on on top of that. Mm. So really, you're looking at probably three to four times more than in a, in a restaurant. So if you're going to go buy a bottle of Dom Perignon, you know, in a, in a grocery store, not a grocery store, in a wine store, you're going to pay between 150 and $300 probably for depending on the vintage um, for a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne. In a big restaurant for that $150 bottle, you're going to pay between 300 and 400 probably Ooh. for a bottle of Dom Perignon. So, don't buy super expensive wines, mainly because you're you're not going to. If you can find it in a another place, if it's something that's specific to that restaurant, if it's the only thing you can find or the only place you can find it, maybe, maybe that's what you want to do if you're big into wines. But I wouldn't suggest it otherwise. So, most wine lists are designed with the casual drinker in mind. Whenever they hand you that 400-pound wine list, um, they know that you probably don't know a thing about wine. And that wine list is there in some part to actually intimidate you, uh, but... So
0: they can recommend something to
2: you. To a certain extent, maybe, yeah. Um, Around half of all wine purchased off of a wine list, and this was a study done, was the second cheapest on the list. So don't think that whenever you're buying that second cheapest glass of wine that that you're deciding that. They've put that into your mind that that's what you're going to do. So they're pushing you toward that second cheapest wine.
0: Well, and it's also like the standard thing to think of is, oh, well, don't buy the cheap stuff. Right. But I don't want to spend too much, so I'm gonna go one notch up and feel better about myself. That's usually mm-hmm. the mentality that you would. That's okay, less right. to do with the the restaurant, more to do with how the that's consumer just reacts. Practice. But what they will probably end up doing though is make sure they have a lot more of that on hand. Well, and, yeah, and
2: the second cheapest wine is is probably uh, you know twenty percent more than what the the one below it is, and they're to be perfectly honest if oh so at this restaurant they charged $10 for the cheapest wine and $12 for the the second cheapest the cheapest wine and the second cheapest cost about the same pretty much very similarly priced um, in fact in one instance whenever i looked at this wine list the second cheapest and the third cheapest wine were the were actually lower cost to buy the bottle in a retail outlet than the cheapest wine was so they're actually making more on the second and third cheapest wine. Just a real interesting look. Jeez. Uh, don't worry about buying from the cheap stuff. It's there to give you something not to drink, but it's probably quality that is comparable to the, cheap, the second cheapest and third cheapest on the list. So for this restaurant that I just went to, they had 20 wines on their list. Uh, they had about 10 reds. and It was a steakhouse, so 10 reds about five whites and five others, like champagnes and things like that. So whenever you're looking at the list, they put that cheap stuff on there to guide you other places. That doesn't mean it's bad wine. Even the cheap stuff on that list is still going to be decent because it's a restaurant. They don't want you to drink bad stuff. You know, even if you order the cheapest, they don't want you to, to have a bad experience. Now, wine experts, in quotes, say, stay away from Pinot Grigio. So it's usually going to be overpriced for the quality. Um, And that's because Pinot Grigio in wine circles currently, so this information may be different in 2018 than it is in 2017, but in wine circles currently, Pinot Grigio is a, you know, look down your nose at it type of
0: wine. It's the Merlot of Sideways?
2: It's the Merlot of Sideways. And so... Now that Pinot Grigio is the Merlot, they'll actually price it a little bit higher to make you think you're getting a better quality Pinot Grigio than what you think you're getting.
0: Okay, let me let me break. As someone who served uh, wine at a casual dining uh, restaurant, let me just say, you know what they order? The stuff that they know the name of. Hmm. They're not going to order a a Syrah. what They're going to order I know the name of Pinot Grigio. Sure, I'll get that.
3: Or they'll probably <laughs> just I'm... say Pinot.
0: I've heard that name before. Uh, yeah,
2: and that, that's actually actually—that's—that's that's not uncommon. Um, if you can't pronounce the name, it's okay. Um, I like going in and finding the wine that I can't pronounce or that I've never seen before. I like finding something that's a little bit different. To be perfectly honest, for all intents and purposes – just about every wine on the list that i saw at this really nice steakhouse every wine that you could buy by the glass was probably the exactly exactly the same quality um they they varied in price but as far as what it tasted like it probably all tasted exactly the same once i looked it up looked at what they were serving looked they had a couple wines from different parts of this list it was all pretty much very much the same now, if you find something that you can't pronounce it and you want to try it, just point to it, and they'll—you're not going to be looked down on. Oh, you can't pronounce it. Oh, you, you uh, plebe. You know, it's—it's it's normal. Just point to it, and your waiter or waitress will be fine to go ahead and, and get it for you. Um, don't worry so much about pairings. Um, the people that kind of look at you and 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 scoff at you for having red wine with fish, um, in my opinion, they should just. Sh- Kind of stuff it, you know. Drink what you want. That's that's my opinion. This last go around, I ordered red wine with my oysters, which are you know fish side, and ordered a white side with my steak. So, you know, I just kind of did it to see what they would do. They don't <laughs> care. It, they're making money either way. They just want you to order a wine.
4: White really I'll take that to... Joey Trebbiano. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there there is something to be said about having white with with fish and red with meats. I don't care. Drink what you want. That's the biggest thing. You know, if you if you want to drink something that's that's a certain style, if you haven't tried something, go for it. Just get what you want. That's that's about the biggest thing.
0: What if you just want beer? (laughs) Go with beer,
2: yeah. Like this is just the the idea of if you want to go with wine, if you want to, you know, basically look right when you're ordering one if you if you are concerned about your looks then that's one thing but if you just want to have something that tastes good go for it nobody's going to judge you for it your wait staff doesn't care to be perfectly honest um, they're just there to make their dollar if you order a $30 white with a steak versus a $10 Red, they're still going to think you're a, me, a lot cooler person because you ordered three times the price.
0: Let me just say, there are thresholds to that. And this goes past wine, but if somebody, for example, ordered a Bahama Mama and wanted scotch in it instead of rum. <laughs> eh, yeah, yes. no, there's some judging going on.
1: Yeah,
2: there is, yeah there, is. there is. That's on the bartender side, though, and you get some of these bartenders that well, are Well, there's
0: also so the, some of the bartenders were servers. like Some of the <laughs> servers had been bartenders, and they were like, I don't. I don't know what he wants.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you still. I mean, you still have to make it. So if if that's something that you like, if your your palate goes for that, very, go for it.
0: Very smoky mango in that is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to be, be
2: perfectly delicious. honest, that may be some sort of drink that, in ten years a high-end bartender may be like, oh, we won awards because of our mojito with scotch. You let's know? not
4: judge it based on its atrocity to that's scotch. Not a, that's
0: not a mojito at that point, Casey. That's a, uh, it's a mint julep.
2: Oh, you say, let's not judge <laughs>
4: it on its atrocity to scotch, but what it could do for Bahama Mamas. <laughs> there you go.
2: Um. So some wine lists will have most – I, I put some on my, my – Most have some there. order most too. Most will have some order. So uh, even if you're looking at probably price will what you is what you would see on most wine lists.
0: We used to do ours sweet to dry.
2: Yep. So – and that's that's very common is uh, sweet to dry. So if you are looking for something a little bit more sweet, you know, it will be at the Honestly, top of the
1: list.
0: Honestly, I think that's a very good way to, to list them because yep. people want one of two kinds of wines and you can just, even if you don't know what you're doing, you can make a guess for them that way.
3: Yeah. And I don't think we actually mentioned it, but dry is, it leaves like the dry feeling in your mouth, right? Like Dry is what it's not to sweet. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, but it's still a weird term to describe. It is, liquid. This is definitely <laughs> wet. Yeah. As the intro. It's clearly wet.
2: Um some some places do price some places do sweet to dry. some places do light to bold. So they may even break out their wine list as sweet reds and dry reds, and then inside of that list mm. list light to bold. This so, is a
0: joke for a certain this is a joke for a certain age group, but uh it's it's a light to a football head shaped bottle. <laughs> He's bold
3: mm. Wow. All
0: right.
2: Mm. <laughs> all right. So it, with all this that's been said If they do have a sommelier If they do have a wine expert that's on staff That it's their job to know the wine and to buy the wine They probably do know what they're talking about So if th- somebody If they say oh hey we've got a sommelier Would you like them to talk to you uh, Feel free to say yeah sure If you're at that stage You're making a whole lot more than I am
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: A sommelier comes out your wallet's in trouble. That's because at <laughs> yeah. that point you actually
3: don't care when price doesn't matter. Casey, know? what
2: have
4: yeah. you
0: working on your beer sommelier?
2: Oh, uh, Cicerone. So I haven't, um, I haven't done a whole lot with that. I need to get back on it. Uh, there's a certain amount that you have to put into it. Now that my wife is out of school and actually working, you know, we're, we're able to do a little bit more than what we, we were when it was single income. And, uh, and you know, you have a wife that, that, does nothing but go to school
0: <laughs> i Hope was gonna so. say you're gonna need to you're gonna need to qualify that real <laughs> quick go to school,
1: All right. go to school. it was the uh, opposite in as household. i look
2: over to the door to wait for her to burst through and beat me any moment <laughs> yeah. um so uh, i would i would like to do that finish that up at least the first or second stage within the next year um and then in the next couple of years maybe finish out the whole thing but it'd be it'd be a nice thing to do Um, As we looked at the planning for my schedule over the next, I don't know, 10 weeks, you kind of see where my time is spent currently.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That was all pre-show.
2: But anyways, if you have a sommelier, um, let them know what price range you're in. They're not going to be offended if you say, okay, I'm in the bottom third or I'm in the bottom, I'm in like the 10 to $15 a glass range or I'm in the 25 to maybe 25, they'll be offended, but I'm in the 30 to $50 a bottle range. They're not going to be ticked off by you. They are there to help you. They'll be excited to actually, whenever I was in sales, one of the coolest things that they talked about was the most glorious sound people hear is two things, their own name and their own voice. Which is why we do so well with the podcast. I I saying, that's I feel why we're like all none of here. them
1: have
0: actually done a podcast and have to hear themselves. <laughs> no, uh, I can't so stand to hear d-
2: myself. Wine sommeliers will love it that you're asking for their uh, input. Um, let them know what you like. If you say, "Hey, I'm looking for something that's a little bit more uh, toward the fruity side," or "I'm looking for something that's not so fruity," I'm looking old world side. Uh, I'm looking new world side. You know, use the words that you know. If you don't know exactly what you're looking for, say, "Hey, I want something that's more, you know, muted." They'll know what you're talking about. They're would they're Somalia, trained to talk to you.
0: What a Somali ABF said if they kind of like, "What are you? What would you look for, sir?" Beer.
2: <laughs> Maybe that that may be the one thing. Um, if they'll probably ask you, um, but they'll probably say, "Hey, what are you having for dinner?" Don't be afraid. Just let them know. Um, I know we said don't worry about if you're having white or red with fish or, or meat. It doesn't matter, but let them know because they'll want to know when they're pairing with it. Um, don't say you pick unless you're pretty much okay with everything on there. That means every price, everything that you're going to. They're not going to go up to the, like the most expensive bottle and bring it to you, but it would be nice if you could just say hey. Here's three things that I really like the sounds of. You tell me which one you like best. They'll be happy to do that. The wait staff will generally only know a few things about the list. True. They may try to point someone to the same wines every single time no matter what because that's what they've had the most success with. Also um, true. And they may be motivated motivated by other things other than your pleasure, like Definitely true. going to the dollar amount on the wine.
0: Or so, or they hate you, and they are purposely choosing bad wine.
2: <laughs> Very much so. If you're if you're that butthole, um, they may be going that direction. Um, when you order, there will likely be wines by the bottle and by the glass. You can get a whole bottle of wine. Uh, sorry, you can get a whole bottle of wine, but you will only— uh, Okay, if you see a wine that is sold by the glass, you can get it as a whole bottle. But you can only get a bottle of wine as a bottle. Don't try to ask for a, um, a cool. bottle of wine as one glass. They probably won't. Most likely, 99% of the time, will not give you <laughs> give you the bottle as a glass. Okay. So a bottle will pour about four glasses of wine. Check the glass to a bottle price, and you're probably going to get a better deal by buying a bottle. If you buy order a bottle so this is kind of important if you order a bottle of something that's a little bit older or something that's a little bit fancier the waiter or the sommelier may bring it out to you may present a quirk to you and also may pour you a little in a glass to try
0: this is Don't... my favorite scene this is one of my favorite scenes from the muppet movie <laughs> um, they give him like a little sparkling whatever and it's like a pop top and he pops it open And he just gives him the the, the bottle cap to sniff. Oh, it's so good. It's Steve Martin in there. It's fantastic. Oh,
2: I'm going to have to watch this. I don't remember this. Um, Last time I watched it, I probably wasn't a wine guy. Um, So if you order a bottle of something that's older, don't be offended. Also, if the waiter or – sorry, if the waiter does it, it's a little different. If the sommelier comes out and pours some for themselves and tries it before you get to, don't be offended. Okay, that's just them trying to figure out if it's good before they give it to you, present it to you for you to try. So it's common, semi-common for them to do it. Now, here's something that you you need to be aware of when they present to the cork to you. There's pretty much nothing you can tell from the cork except for it's wet. That's about it. Um, If they stored the wine on its side, that kept the cork wet, which means that it kept the seal good. It kept that cork expanded and and sealed, which means that the wine's probably pretty well kept. Otherwise, you're not going to find anything about the cork interesting. Um, Smell the wine itself. It makes sure it doesn't smell like a moldy basement. And when I say moldy basement, that's a different smell from horse blanket or some of these other aromas that could actually be appropriate in some wines. But keep in mind that if the wine doesn't smell flat or taste flat or dull, um, those can be signs the wine has been corked, which is about 5% of the time. It's not very common for the wine to be corked. Five to 1% is about the number that we we see most of the time. But that's about all you can tell from the cork is that it's wet. Smell the wine in the glass, take a sip. If it tastes okay, you're good to go. If you don't like the wine, that doesn't mean you can send it back. If you, if the wine is bad, that means you can send it back. So if it's corked, if you think it's corked, that's okay. Send it back. Talk to a sommelier. But keep in mind, 95% of the time, it's not going to be. Now, there's a lot of ceremony in wine and wine pouring. Most of it's bull. Um, Pouring the wine by the neck is one of these things. So whenever I was in an internship in college, I was, you know, just like today, I'm big into drinks. I do a lot of research on drinks. I figure out a lot of the things that are around drinks. So I went and um, ordered the wine for a wine and cheese event for a a moderate sized um, nonprofit organization. And so as I'm pouring the wine, I'm, I'm there like with the event and pouring the wine for the event and I'm holding the wine by the neck. Some a-hole, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. Um, orders a, of all things, uh, if you're going to order a wine and um, you're wanting somebody to judge you, white Zinfandel is the way to go. <laughs> I want to yeah. say never order a white Zinfandel. Um, just, just, my thoughts on that so it comes up orders a white zinfandel and then as i'm pouring this white zinfandel comes and tells me oh you know you're pouring that wine wrong and i'm thinking what what's going on here you're holding it by the neck of the bottle so i get a little um a little uh scolding. Nerv- not nervous self-conscious that's the word i guess i'm looking for And as I'm self-conscious here, pouring this white Zinfandel, I I go ahead and hold it by the the base of the wine and and pour it out the rest of the way, and let that gentleman go along his merry way. And I go back later on and I'm like, let me do some research. There is nothing out there about pouring wine by the neck. There is no, I mean, there's no legitimate sources that say don't pour wine by the neck out there. There is a lot of BS that people think they know how to be fancy with wine. They have no idea what they're talking about. So just putting that out there, whenever you're drinking wine, it's about how to enjoy it. It's about how to enjoy the wine the most, um, most flavorful, most uh, the best way you can enjoy that wine is how do you enjoy it. So whites are usually served chilled. That doesn't mean they always are. Reds are slot served slightly lower than room temperature. Or maybe not. So, Bob, your your bottle of wine is one of the reds that you can serve actually lower than... Uh, you can serve it at chilled temperature. So that that's sort of the, one of the things about wine is there's a lot of pomp and circumstance that's built around the industry, that's built around wine, and people think they're really fancy when drinking it. But bottom line is wine is just there to get you drunk and wine is there to serve some compliment to what you're eating, what you're having, what's going on in your life. There's really nothing there that says you have to do it a certain way. Do it the way you like and do it as often as you would like. Um, One of the things that I I did add here in the end is wine does get you drunk. So it's about twice the alcohol content as beer. Mm. That does not mean it gets you drunk twice as quickly. It's probably closer as closer to three times as quickly as beer, because the concentration in your stomach will speed up the the speed at which you're getting drunk. So be careful. A bottle of wine is not the same as four bottles of beer. So I would say, keep, as keep, a keep bottle of beer, I can drink <laughs> no.
4: seven fifty milliliters of a beer, whereas if I had seven fifty milliliters of wine, I would be absolutely tanked and probably blackout drunk. Absolutely. So, all
2: right, that's, that's pretty much all the, the wine stuff that we're going to talk about today, except I didn't see who put that last bit in.
3: Oh, that was in there earlier. Um, no, oh. I, and it, it's just a link. Um, I'm going to supply the link in the show notes. Um, it just, uh, it mentions some breweries that do stuff with like aging and wine barrels or wine focused beer so, and, and like it specifically talks about um, the dogfish head, like noble rot and their red mm. and white um, yeah. st- stuff like that. Yeah.
2: Wine can add a fruity character to beer whenever you throw it back into a barrel, that's had wine into it. So um, we, when we did a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of play between the two. Um, if you're barreling wine, if you're barrel aging wine, you could do it with a little bit of char. You could do it with no char at all. The big, Rage five years ago was unoaked Chardonnays. So Chardonnays have a tendency to become too vanilla, too oaky, and so the big big drive was to take Chardonnays and put them into steel instead of in um, wood barrels. Wine changes all the time. If you want to keep up with the trends, go for it. If not, just drink wine. As long as you're not drinking white Zinfandel, I don't care. <laughs>
0: all right
3: okay so all right ready for what we're drinking
4: all right
0: we'll yeah i think so it. one thing wine has taught me is that alcohol is to be savored <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's right. indeed it is all
4: right okay
3: um yeah, I've been. Uh, I'm not drinking this whole bottle. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> I'm gonna try to. Wine apparently uh, can keep for a little bit, at least. From the looks um, of that wine mouth. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I go with red wine, so I always get wine mouth. Like I was really happy this wasn't a video episode. <laughs> um. But I, I literally went to Party Source. Not. Huh?
2: Not not to pull us any further than than what well, we already are, but wine was used as partially makeup. And so it, the fact that we use lipstick now as a lip stain is probably a throwback to the fact that once you were drinking wine, Brittany, you were more attractive to a male because you were drunk.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the person <laughs> next to me. Remember that. Right? <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, that I should really just also remember to wear like, red lipstick anytime I have red wine. So, that way mm-hmm. you can't tell as much. Um. But so I, uh, I went to Party Source and was like, so I can, what is the driest possible red that you have that's not expensive at all? <laughs> so I got this thing called Old Pearl, and it's a Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's from California, uh, 2015. And um, yeah, it's at 13.9% ABV. So
4: there's that with a dog on the label. Yeah,
3: there was a dog, and I was like, "Well, that's a bonus." Um, <laughs>
4: Some people only shop by the label, as we discovered. Yeah. Uh, apparently, oh, Ashley yeah. Paramore shops for her wine based on if there are birds on the label.
3: Yeah, you know, whatever <laughs> does it for you. Um,
4: but so the description Gotta make Doctor Bird feel at home.
0: Yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, it's not a bad wine, honestly. Like it was, it was on sale, and it was like ten bucks, and I was like, "Whatever, I don't care." It, 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 you know, I'm gonna keep it for like maybe a week or two, um, but. The uh, So the description is, bold flavors of blackberry and cherry, dried herbs, and soft oak tannins envelop this wine. Uh, and it pairs well with steaks, it says, um, or eggplant, zucchini. With kind peppery of steaks? Yes. Because uh, it's a really dry red wine. Um, it's just, I like, I don't like overly sweet drinks. So this is like a, a really buttery, there is a bit of blackberry kind of taste to it. Um yeah, that's what I prefer. If I drink wine at all, <laughs> so that's that's what I'm drinking, and it, it's it's fine. It's fine. Cool. <laughs> it's wine.
0: All right. Uh, so I've been drinking. Um, Casey's going to correct me at some point, but uh, uh, Beaujolais villages, villages.
2: Go for you. you good?
0: Okay, uh, from uh, Louis Jadot. Uh, it's a Beaujolais, which I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, 12%. I basically, I went into the liquor store. I was like, I don't know what to get. Casey, suggest a wine. I will drink it.
2: <laughs> yeah, my 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 descriptions went very varied from uh, <laughs> intent.
0: He got a little overly complicated, then followed by something that was like, it's, it's red, <laughs> and then something else. And I was like, okay, I need you to be a little more descriptive than that, but not quite as much as the other. I need... <laughs>
2: Right in the middle, so uh, Beaujolais is a good good region in France. You're you're going to find that it's a very light wine. It's it's more of a so this wine is made like a red, but it has more of a pink flavor. Um, so it's kind of in between the red and white. Not huge tannins. It's fruity. It's, it's not it is, sweet, but it's it's there.
0: It's not sweet. Um, it is better cold because mm-hmm. it tones a lot of the flavor down so i can actually drink it because <laughs> i don't like it oh uh, yeah uh, i don't you know I, I i don't have a lot of affinity for wine i just it, right. not my kind of thing and that's fine uh but it's also this wasn't that expensive so i'm not going to feel bad about pouring this bottle down the sink
3: right <laughs> how much was yours by with. the way
0: uh yeah it was like like with tax, like thirteen. Yeah, that's not good. Thirteen dollars. Yeah, that's why I was like, I need something cheap, and I was like fifteen or. less. I'll try anything. Let's go. Yeah,
4: yours was fifteen. Yeah, mine was a little more. All right. Um. So I am. Because I bought it. <laughs> she did good. Um, I send her out with. I don't care. I'm probably just gonna drink whatever's in the fridge because I'm not drinking to theme. So she came back and was like, "Well, I got a wine, and I got you something." Uh, Barrel-Aged Wood Thrush from Little Fish Brewing. Uh, they are out of Ohio. I can't remember exactly. Athens, exact. Ohio. Athens, Ohio. Yeah, they're up there with uh, Jackie O's. Yeah. But uh, they were named the Best New Brewery in Ohio last year at a GABF. Mm. And the beer Barrel-Aged Wood Thrush was actually the World Beer Cup 2016 Gold Award winner in Belgian and French-style ales. Nice. It is a beer de garde, and beer de guard. A, yeah. Guard. Guard. Uh, six point six percent ABV, IBUs. Couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, beer Advocate score of eighty-six. It said good, and there is a very uh, nice description on the bottle. This farmhouse style beer de garde is inspired by the wood thrush's bird song, which which lends an ethereal quality to the shady deciduous forests of southeast ohio i'll leave it there it goes on and on what? about it <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. All right, just like
4: fine. a wine well, like, mean,
3: describe the actual like what what's it does have to do with wine it was the cheat of the episode really
4: yeah oh, okay. it's a wine barrel aged farmhouse ale
3: yeah but it was aged oh, okay. in what like chardonnay or something like that i don't remember
4: I don't know, I'd have to read this whole thing to find it. it it
2: So the wood thrush goes... (laughs) Chirp, chirp! (laughs) Chirp, chirp, really. Look up the wood thrush uh,
4: song. It's exactly like this beer. Okay,
2: the beer was
3: aged in Cabernet wine barrels. mm -hmm. And then with some strains of wild yeast. So...
1: Mm. Yeah. little fish it's actually
3: a really good yeast. beer um it, it's spiced with lemon peel coriander and grains of paradise and then aged in the barrels so like mm,
4: it's nice pepperiness
3: yeah you can taste the spices it's crazy yeah and all the good, little fish
4: bottles have the uh warning on there we like to carbonate our farmhouse ales to a high degree make sure to chill the bottle before opening to avoid a gusher you know that's bullcrap i think
2: that that statement was put on there because they are using wild yeast
4: that's that's a
0: didn't something go everywhere when you opened it chris it did
4: Uh, did. was it was it this it was i popped the bottle and it started like i was like okay and i went in the other room to get my glass and it came back and it was foaming up all over the desk and i was like oh
2: god that's what we usually call a bottle bomb or uh you know an infection which is pretty much.
3: Which I mean, it's yeah. in, in, it's supposed it's on to purpose, be. Wild so. They're just
2: doing it to style. Yeah.
3: All right, Casey, where are you at here?
2: Um. So I am a bottle and a half in. Point, <laughs> Jesus. If you couldn't tell, I had a bottle, a half bottle of champagne. So I went to a, a wine store down in uh, South Carolina. Was able to find some Taittinger, um, which is the wine, or sorry, the champagne of choice for James Bond if you were not aware. Mm. Um, In the novels... So in the movies, James Bond drinks uh, Martini, Martini, Shaken shaken, Not Stirrup, and in novels
0: He drinks champagne mostly, although he does invent the Vesper, uh, which they did in uh, Casino Royale.
2: Mm, Yeah. So Tétangé is his champagne of choice. It is one of the top ten uh champagne houses in in france and of those champagne houses it is one of only two of the top 10 that are still family owned which is one of the reasons why i go towards it um the one i'm drinking today is the Brut law francois i guess i don't know how to say that francois france casey
3: <laughs> um
2: it tasted a lot like the aroma was, and this is one of the things when you're drinking those 10 to $25 a bottle wines, um, in normal stores, not in the restaurant, they all pretty much have that, that same flavor. This one has a weird flavor to it. And I like it. It, it has like a toast flavor to it. That's really cool. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's just really neat. I only got it in a half bottle though, was the only one that they could find. So um, it was the last bottle and a half bottle. And whenever I said um or it's spelled Tattinger, yeah. uh, the guy who was supposedly the wine expert in the, the store had no idea what I was talking about, even though it's the sixth most popular wine in the world. <laughs> um, he still, or sorry, champ, sixth most popular champagne in the world. He had no idea. So a little less, a uh, little less... Kind of uh, props to the wine and more folks in in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then second on the list was something I brought back from um, from Oregon whenever I was over there, and it's a Pinot Noir Rosé from Stoller Family Estate at twelve and a half percent. Both of these were twelve and a half percent. I think
0: All that right. just about does it for us, guys. Yep. It yeah, it does. So it's a, it's a good long one.
2: Hmm. Well, it's one. It's a pretty big.
1: It's It's a a big big topic, topic. no. When you're you're overviewing, yeah, this is
4: a lot.
2: I'm glad we got as much as we did. Um, But you can subscribe and get some great resources at at (laughs) haveadrinkshow.com. Go there and scroll all the way to the bottom to follow us on YouTube, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please rate the show on iTunes and rate the show on YouTube to help spread the word.
0: All right, and don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback or show ideas. We talked about that earlier. Use the email email the address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you can also use the feedback page on the website.
4: Yeah, all joking and fun aside, guys, I like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Even when I got blackout drunk, <laughs> I stumbled to the car and then called my wife.
3: uh, Check us out next Sunday for the next video episode And in a couple of weeks for the next audio episode Once again, I'm Brittany Walker
4: I'm
0: Justin Frazier I'm Christopher
4: Walker I'm
0: too
2: drunk for this one
0: I'm Casey Price, (laughs) see you next
4: time Bye guys